all the institutions that keep going, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am joined here in Scottcast headquarters with fan favorite Ian Dixon. That's right. We are enjoying a beautiful Saturday day in sunny Hamtramck, Michigan. I mean, relatively. Relatively. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, well, we we were trying to prepare this episode, and there wasn't anything in the news. Yeah, except for that one thing. Except for the one thing. We've already covered it. We've, we're, we're, we've got a strict, we're not going to repeat ourselves policy. Mm-hmm. With the jokes and stuff. Not really. <laughs> but I figured we could use something new. We could do something for people rather than yeah. like trying to hook on to the coronavirus. Uh, oh, I said it. Instead of trying to hook into the hot topic of the day, mm-hmm. we're going to zig when everyone's zagging. That's right. So today we're bringing a long awaited segment back to life and. What a life it is. <laughs> um, are you excited? Like before we reveal what it is, are you, are you excited about this? Are you nervous? I didn't, I kind of sprung I'm a little, it Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Um, I'm trying not to like be breathing on all your equipment too much, but I feel like it's going to, it's going to involve some breathiness as we're doing it. So, yeah, I figured you can keep the microphone after this <laughs> <laughs> because this, this episode is worth giving the microphone to you. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have a quarantine cast afterwards. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. And we can live sell the microphone later. Yeah. But the Scott Castigators need entertainment. And through my great long reflections on the Pod King throne, this is the entertainment that I believe everyone needs. <laughs> of course, we are talking about something Jurassic Park related. So immediately everyone's excited. But not only is it Jurassic Park related, it's Jurassic Park fan fiction. And we're going to read it out loud in whatever way we can and comment and all that. You know, we've got some fine authors on the table here. Um, two authors, really. Uh, one author called Orphan Account wrote two stories mm-hmm. using the Jurassic Park characters. And another one named Demon Man wrote a single story. We're probably going to pick one of Orphan Accounts yeah, and one of Demon Man. Okay. So, how are we, uh, are we like... Switching off each paragraph, or is that going to be confusing? We're going to try and like. I think we should read it until something stupid happens. Mm-hmm. We both can interrupt anything, mm-hmm. and we can switch off if we want, depending on how we feel like we're reading it. Okay, but a very loose reading. Yeah, you know. Let's start with orphan accounts, the fundamentals of chaos theory. Okay, you know, it was a good. Standout title. I got a lot of kudos, a lot of votes on mm-hmm. the website I used to find these. <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the summary. 
because they have a little summary before. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the fan fiction culture. Is you tell yeah. people what they're going to get, then they then you give them what they're going to get. So Doctor Grant doesn't feel that bad sitting next to his girlfriend, if that's even the right word, and nursing homoerotic fantasies. Maybe he should feel worse than he does, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens now, they're both going to be heartbroken. Orphan account. So we're just jumping in then? Yeah. Um, How about uh, you go first, Ian? Okay. The first time Alan Grant meets Ian Malcolm, he decides not to like him. It's a conscious choice, if anything. He unsettles Grant with his unwarranted charisma and his confidence he held in his understanding of the universe. He was outrageous, utterly unlikable to someone as serious and grounded as Dr. Grant, but it was still a choice. As insufferable as Malcolm was, when he flirted with Ellie and made sarcastic quips against Alan's favor, he was also incredibly attractive. Perhaps it was good looks that made everything he said so captivating. He was, after all, a good-looking man. Grant has the feeling, though, that even if you couldn't see him, he would be just as charming, just as desirable. What a fantastic start. Immediately we got all the tension we need between all the characters. We know Mm -hmm. where it's pulling, and now we're just like, what's going to happen? We know he's going to get eaten by a... Well, no one's going to get eaten. Well, there's going to be dinosaur attacks Mm -hmm. in their near future. I hope they get to the dinosaur attacks. (laughs) All right. Let me me pick up. His relationship with Malcolm doesn't change over the trip to the island. You could call it a rivalry of intellect. Malcolm is inclined to challenge him on every little detail, degrade him with a soft tone and have the audacity to look even more polite when irritation digs into Grant's voice. Ellie doesn't comment she's enthralled by Malcolm, but sees both sides. She always does. Ah, that's so sweet. (laughs) Ellie sees both sides, and Grant knows that Ellie understands him. Mm -hmm. That's that's nice. It's good to have a relationship like that, a little security, you know, especially in a chaotic dinosaur island. Mm Mm-hmm. Grant thinks sometimes that it's a burden to be so understanding, but he knows it when she looks him in the eye and tells him it's okay. She never fights him, not when he forgets to wash the dishes, not when he tells her he doesn't want kids. She tells him it's okay. She tells him, I love you. It's not okay, though. And he knows he'll never be enough for all the love in her heart, so he holds on for as long as he can, but he knows... That won't be long. When the fuck do you think they're going to get to the dinosaurs? <laughs> There's a lot of emotions in this. I was expecting right. a, I was expecting a little bit more action in, in my fan fiction. I, I can see where all the acclaim comes from. I think uh, it's definitely building uh, tension, helping us understand the characters. That's more in-depth writing than you see generally from these things. Yeah, I Robert guess. Capitalization and punctu- punctuation. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty. Oh, <laughs> this is like the this is like the Faulkner of uh, <laughs> fan fiction here. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, let's continue. If it, I, I'll let it. I'll let the literary mm-hmm. um, tension uh, grab me. Let me ask you. Need to hear it from your voice, though. One day he thinks he'll wake up with so much guilt in his soul that he'll end it. Ellie will cry. 
but she won't question it. And then she'll meet a wonderful man and have wonderful children. And Alan wishes to God he could be that man, but he's just not. Not now, not ever. Ugh, Alan just doesn't like kids. So, wait on. Okay, I was just talking about good sentence structure. Now I'm confused. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Grant doesn't feel that bad sitting next to his girlfriend if that's even the right word, and nursing homoerotic fantasies. There's a lot of commas in that sentence. Yeah, and a pretty sudden interjection of homoerotic fantasies. Yeah. Maybe he should feel worse than he does, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens now, they're both going to be heartbroken. It doesn't matter if his gaze lingers a little on another. doesn't matter if he thinks about shutting Malcolm up with his cock, pulling on dark curls until he chokes doesn't matter at all what's with the roughness all of a sudden like the rest of it was all real soft like focusing on feelings now all of a sudden dr grant wants to wants to shove his cock in malcolm's throat to shut him up that's all i don't know i don't know what your homoerotic fantasies are like but (laughs) (laughs) this this uh, this person is a little I don't know. I I feel like they did so much work building it up, and now it's just yeah, that's where it snaps. It's gotten very visceral all of a sudden. Okay, the brachiosaurus further cements his feelings. What the fuck? Yeah, where did that come from? (laughs) What did he do to cement those feelings? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do it. Like it's like the whale sounds. <laughs> I guess because they're phallic looking. Yeah, the I long neck. Yeah, long neck means long other things. That's right. Long tail. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. 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 The brachiosaurus further cements his feelings, his career, his passion, his life. This moment would forever be more important to him than the hypothetical birth of a daughter or a son. As far as Grant is concerned, a child should always be put first. Or you risk raising a child so greedy for money and praise, he brings a prehistoric group of species back from the grave just to pray them around to play God. Well, that's specific. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know an absent father is the leading cause of someone becoming a greedy asshole who brings dinosaurs back to life to make a theme park purely for capitalist's sake? Mm. Leading cause. Not capitalism. No, the father. Yeah. The father's the leading cause. Gotcha. The father leads to capitalism, which leads to a dinosaur being brought to life, which leads to not good uh, fences. Yeah. Because you can't build a fence that's good enough for a dinosaur. All because of the father. And it was never good enough for, for the father. No, the fence is never good enough for the father either. The father comes back just to be oh, like, I'll I'm... show you, Dad. He's like, no, those fences are fucked, man. You're no child of mine. <laughs> I knew you couldn't build a fence when you were a boy, and you can't build a fence now. <laughs> um, That's what Malcolm says, at least. Grant agrees with the message, but can't say the same for the messenger. Whatever that means. We're getting coronavirus updates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We don't need them, though. Yeah. We're already isolated because no one's going to be talking to us after this. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's, let's, okay. Oh, it's a little bit more um, feelings. Yeah. Back to the. Back to feelings. The actual relationship and not the uh, fantasy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ellie is going to be a good mother. He knows it. He knows it when she calms him with her fingers, caressing his scalp. Knows it when she negotiates, so kind and careful, yet so in control. He knows it because she already is. She's a mother to everyone on their exhibition team. On more regretful days, she's a mother to him. Nothing she does is unintentional. Nothing she does is risky or nearly as simple as it seems. Is this a little edible? It sounds that way, yeah. A little edible. Like, he's all about... He, he, he wants Ellie as a mother. And and this Malcolm figure as as an outlet. It's a lot for of weird uh, energies, like parental dynamic stuff going on in these relationships. Yeah, the the father and John Hammond. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we? Oh, okay. When Ellie gets into the car with Hammond's grandchildren, it's not out of pettiness or an attempt to make a point. It's because she wants to take a closer look at what he knows she's considering giving up. So Grant joins Malcolm and the lawyer, a man he has grown weary of, and can tell the mathematician has too. The lawyer gets no respect. Yeah. Even in this, like, there's no fantasy, just, I'm weary of this guy. Blood-sucking lawyer. Right. You'd think they'd like the blood-sucking. Well, they didn't, I don't like that they don't even name him. They're like, the lawyer, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to, like, Google who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the movie, I don't remember his name. <laughs> the guy that got ate off the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. How about you go with Velociraptors? All right. <clears throat> Velociraptors are the reason he became a paleontologist in the first place. They delight him in their uniqueness, their pack mentality, and simultaneously their intelligence. Watching them feed in real life with his own eyes was absolutely the most thrilling thing he would ever witnessed. He would ever witnessed. <laughs> not that he would tell the press that as far as they were concerned these weren't these weren't dinosaurs just genetically engineered monsters who would never match the real thing they're stunning really absolutely terrifying but nonetheless beautiful later malcolm is alone with him Hmm. the lawyer is in a separate car behind them grant understands he would give anything to be alone in that moment Wished he was alone even more when Malcolm caught his eye, disappointed in himself, but not quite surprised. Alan brought his hand to Ian's jaw and pulled him in. (laughs) (laughs) The overwhelming gentleness of the encounter died out fast. They kissed rough and angrily, looking into each other's mouths in search of dominance. Mouthes. Mouthes. Grant can't recall when Ian slid down the seat, but he recognized that he was on top of him. Seatbelts disregarded, and hips flushed together. Wow, they just went for it. They didn't even like... Yeah. Yeah, no no discussion. Just bicker, 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 bicker love. I mean, that's how it happens. Yeah. How about you continue? Grant gripped Ian's hip. Rough enough to bruise, but not quite enough to stop his hips jerking when Alan grinded theirs together. They fumbled with each other's belts. And then they were around 
their ankles alongside their pants and oh fuck, Alan will never get over the feeling of Ian taking their cocks in it, into his hand. This is a long sentence. Dry aside from his own spit. Fairly alarmed here. <laughs> his fingers can't wrap all the way around Alan's cock, yet alone both of theirs... <laughs> so Alan helps him, stroking them in one hand and pressing his fingers into Ian's throat with the other whilst kissing roughly along his soft neck. Ian screams when he comes, gasps for air in the aftermath, and pulls Alan back in for a kiss, not nearly as bruising as the last. Alan comes soon after on Ian's stomach, tipped over the edge by the other's filthy noises. <laughs> it's a moment before they pull back and Alan kind of wishes that moment could last a little longer then they're redressing and they're not Alan and Ian anymore they're Grant and Malcolm and Grant should really getting back to Ellie the car flips over <laughs> <laughs> wow that got uh just definite change in tone and it was kind of out of nowhere yeah like they were just hanging out and there's a lot of tension alan doesn't quite want kids doesn't mm -hmm. quite sit well with the relationship with ellie and, and then all of a sudden it's just he just gives in to his greater passion and uh, ian's right there with him yeah are you uncomfortable with the, the character being named ian um no nah, it's fine okay i mean that's i mean that's what it is yeah yeah Oh, there's a little note from the author. Well, where there's like a, what would you call it, an epilogue? I don't care about the epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got enough. Okay. Uh, here's the note from the author. Hey, thanks for reading. I've never written Not Safe for Work before, and it's difficult when you're a sexually uninterested lesbian trying to be artistic. Oh, okay. So this is from a female perspective. Who doesn't like dudes at all. Doesn't like dudes at all. She just wrote about some dudes, dude-on-dude -dude action. Yeah. So that's, I, I guess, uh, I mean, I'm not interested in dudes either, so I don't know what dude-on-dude -dude action should read like. Yeah, was this good dude-on-dude -dude action, or was it, it was, weird? It was fine. I mean, I... <laughs> I said I don't. I don't really know what to uh, what to base my uh, opinion on. So right, yeah, I wouldn't know what it, what what is good. But I mean, I think maybe this is why there's so much focus on like the psychological dynamic. Yeah, it's like that's what she wanted to explore. Like, what would it take mm -hmm. for Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm to have made love right before the T Rex stomps out? Right. And they found it. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah. Yeah. They asked for comments. Please share your thoughts. And there there were our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Okay. So, turns out most of the fan fiction is gay, homoerotic well, kind of stuff. Usually between Ian and Alan, mm -hmm. if not between Alan and Billy, or Alan and Kirby, or Alan and Hammond. And Hammond? It's just, yeah, it's anybody <laughs> in Allen. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. But on this 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 site, it's just 
they love Sam Neill more than I do. Yeah, apparently. In a weirdly different way. Mm-hmm. Like, I love his Twitter and his wine. Supposedly, I haven't tried it yet, but... You don't want to jerk him off in a car, though. I don't want to jerk him off in a car. Mm. I don't want to think about how he might get that done for him, either. (laughs) 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 You know, so this one comes from the Jurassic World mythos a little bit. Mm. Um, And it also is predominantly straight. This is a thick one, Jesus Christ. Well, it's got pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Still, it's like eight pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like a thousand words or maybe two thousand. I think it reads a little better than the previous okay. one too. So I'll I'll start. Mm. Okay. It's called Female Jurassic World Dinos and Male Human Exclamation Point Reader 18 and Up. That's the title <laughs> of this work. It's by Demon Man. Mm-hmm. Um Here's the summary. During the events of what happening on, in Jurassic World, a group of female-like dinosaurs who now roam freely start to have strong feelings for you directly. You try to avoid each of them, but they'll always know where to find you because they have your scent. So this is you and not Dr. Grant. This is like... This is you. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. like Put yourself in the story. There's sections in this story where it's parenthetical Y-N dash and it's mm-hmm. your name. Okay. So... We have to choose a name. Should we do, make it David? Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although that means we'll probably have to think about David having sexy times with dino women. Well, we'll see. I mean, it was an, it's an incomplete work. There's only two chapters and okay. he kind of abandoned it. I mm. think it's mostly lead up, but I read it earlier today and I it, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. bet it did. <laughs> so... What better way to entertain the world Mm -hmm. than by sharing my pain? Okay. Chapter one. Job searching. It was another typical day out in the world, and you were job searching for some extra money, David, to fill in. Man, I've been looking for a job for hours now, and I still haven't found a good one yet, you say to yourself as you continue searching through the wanted ads of the newspaper. (laughs) Then, you spotted an advertisement for the next amusement park that just opened a few days ago. Jurassic World? What's that? Like a petting zoo or something? You say and read closely. Wanted. Full-time. Extra pay. Positioned for... Dinosaur trainer? What kind of position is that? Only application at... As you read on, your eyes widened at the next few words. Isla Nublar... Where's that on the map? You say while searching through the site on your laptop. As the search pinpoints the location, you think it over and over. Sheesh, that far off in the ocean, on an island, for a job as a dino trader? Uh, mm, I don't know. And who do I apply to? You continue searching for the one in charge of this establishment, and it turns out that it's a her. Which is Miss Claire. Mm. Head of research and development. This is... Uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard character. Yeah. Miss Claire Deering. So she's in charge. Dot, 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 dot. Okay, then. Says here that I have to go to Costa Rica and take a boat. If I want this job, I'd better start packing. You say again and started placing clothes and stuff in one book bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> then cool. you very then, professional. Yeah. Then you booked up a reservation for a one-man hotel room <laughs> <laughs> on the island from your laptop and shows up successful on your screen, meaning you have to be there on schedule. Oh man. Um time skip to Eva Limbar. We got it to the island. Yeah. It's... After you leave the boat, along with the rest of the passengers, you then look you then took the monorail train straight through the gates of Jurassic World, and you were amazed at the sight of the park itself. You walked through the park area, looking at shops and restaurants, and noticed a big, great big lake in the center of the island. What's this lake for? Probably for another tourist attraction, you say, <laughs> and noticed a huge audience a from the stand. <laughs> talks a lot, a lot. His inner monologue is uh, kind of underwhelming. Like kind of, I, I like that his inner monologue is both crappy and also his outer monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Could go without that, but uh, yeah. So there's a crowd of onlookers by the uh, the lake there. Okay. Oh, there's a lot of people there. And what's with the dead shark hanging from a rope for? Ooh. Then a great big monster pops out of the water to grab the dead shark with its teeth and drops back into the water, causing a huge splash for the crowd to cheer wildly. We gotta pause here. Uh, it, it shows a picture <laughs> of the great big monster. Yes. If you're familiar with the Mosasaurus in Jurassic World, it is not that. It's, uh... Well, it's it's got similarities, but also, like, big, giant titties. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Giant, giant breasts... Restless giant titties, uh, flippers mm-hmm. for arms and legs, a tail, and um, I guess some sort of anime head. Yeah, with sharp teeth. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's our monster. That's our mosasaur. While you were completely shocked to see that coming, uh, what the hell? <laughs> you stammer from a loss of words. Then you shook, you just shook your head to forget what happened there, and proceeded to the hotel since you have a reservation. Just needed a reason to insert that. That I don't even think you can call that clip art. That's uh, what the hell is that? It's, it's weird, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anthropomorphic anime lady uh, yeah. born thing. I know there's a word for it, but I don't. Uh, I couldn't say what it is. The thing about this is like there, there's pictures like this throughout. Yeah, and you know that. He selected these pictures from a much larger collection mm-hmm. that he has, <laughs> <laughs> right? To populate his little story, he was aiming for a full book. Here, we've got two chapters. Yeah, yeah it's like a hentai thing, but I think it's it goes beyond that. I don't, I don't know. It's um, it's like uh, it's a beast. It's not. It's, it's not, not a lady. An animal. It's not a lady. It's uh, it's a it's. It's some sort of creature. Some kind of chimera. Of... Chim- there it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you have a reservation, so. Oh, right. Yeah, he has a reservation. Yes. Back to, go. to the hotel. Let's After go. you get settled in, you then head over to the information center for briefing and find one of the nearest employees sitting at a desk. Can I help you, sir? She asks. That was the wrong voice for a she. <laughs> yes, I'm here for a job opening for the dino trainer position with Miss Claire Deering. You asked her. She takes a moment to call her. All right then, ma'am, I'll tell him. 
She places the phone back on her belt and turns back to you. She'll be with you momentarily, she says and resumes her work. Minutes later, you wait for someone to show up, and apparently she did. (laughs) 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 Who's telling the story here, guy? (laughs) Jesus. That is the best I guess she did. I don't know. Look at this master of the universe here. (laughs) Minutes later, you wait for someone to show up, and apparently she did. Oh, goodness. All right. A woman with short red hair and a professional lab coat comes out from the elevator and walks up to you. Hello, my name is Claire Deering, and I am head of research and development of Jurassic World. I had a call that you came here for a job position, she asked you. Yes, I have, you say. And what brings you here on Isla Nublar, she asked you again. Something about being a dino trainer for whatever which dinosaur you want me to work on? You asked her with curiosity. Actually, yes. We were running short on employees to take care of a few animals around here. But unfortunately, they were almost nearly decapitated. And some ended up in the infirmary. I feel like almost decapitated is worse than getting sick in the infirmary. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like an infirmary is like step first aid, like mm-hmm. bandages and decapitation or near decapitation would probably require something a little more uh, intensive. Yeah, surgery at the yeah, very least. At the very least. you Probably a burial. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, as you were nearly shocked a little, but you weren't scared a bit as she continues. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Okay, and what about this big sea monster out in the lake there? What exactly is that? You ask her, and she brings up a monitor to show a dinosaur to you. The big sea monster you were referring to is known as the Mosasaurus, a female sea predator of the waters. We call her Mona for short. She says as you were intrigued with it. Anywho, back to what we were discussing about the position. The dino trainer position is for you to treat and take care of dot 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 to be continued dot 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 Mm. in chapter two, which is right now. Yeah. A T-Rex. You hired me as a trainer to treat and personally care a T-Rex. You're going to care a T-Rex, damn it. (laughs) Well, technically, the last two people who tried to keep the T-Rex in paddock nine ended up in the infirmary and a few more kept her distracted with goat meat. She says that as you... Jesus Christ. (laughs) She says that as you have your eyes widened from the word her. (laughs) She's very, he's kind of very surprised that this T-Rex is a her. Ah, I see. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Her? You're telling me that this T-Rex you have here on the island is a her? You asked Claire nervously. Well, of course. Every dinosaur here on the island are all female. (laughs) <laughs> she says. Exactly. A voice comes from behind you, and you turn to see a Chinese man walking up to you and Claire. <laughs> mm. Technically, in this facility, we scientists can control each dinosaur's chromosome. And making sure that they can breed on their own, he says. Mr. David, allow me to introduce you to our official researcher of development to Jurassic World, Dr. Henry Wu. 
Claire introduced you to him and shook hands with him as you try to think about that name from somewhere before. Wu, as in Henry Wu, didn't she used to work with a Mr. John Hammond before? <laughs> yes, I have. Wait a minute. This guy didn't even know this was a dinosaur theme park when he right when he was looking up the ad in the wanted paper and now he knows the intimate like corporate history of ingen and maybe he did some research on his way over because he was going to be a dino trainer oh that's true he was like what's a dino (laughs) oh okay yeah (laughs) as long as they're dude dinosaurs Mm -hmm. and then he got there and realized there are women dinosaurs Oh. oh now he's uncomfortably uh aroused yeah Miss Claire, I'll leave you to give this young man the full tour of the park and soon after give him employer suit to wear. Good luck, Mr. David. You <laughs> need it. With that said, Henry Wu turns and walks back to his office. Give him a employer suit to wear. Like I'm, uh, a uniform? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, an employer suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And don't you have to wear an employer suit once in a while when you when you get employed? Um, I suppose I do. Like, what else would you call it? Employer Indeed. suit makes more sense than uniform. Yeah, because it's the suit the employer gives you. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a uniform to be a uniform. You know what I'm saying? Like the employer suit could be a little different for managers, cashiers. So it's not a uniform. It's not all one mm-hmm. one form. It's an employer suit. Well, it would be, uh, you'd think it would be themed to the park so that you'd know that anyone in the dinosaur enclosure with that, not uniform, with that employer suit, <laughs> uh, you know they work there. It's like got you, like a logo or something, right? Yeah, it's got a logo and a zipper in the have, ass. Uh, like strangers roaming around in the enclosures. No. So, he's got his employer suit. Yeah. Oh, but now... It's time they give the grand tour of Jurassic World, she says. As you both head to one of the tour vans and a driver starts driving around the entire park itself with you both in the van. (laughs) For nearly three and a half hours, Claire showed and introduced every attraction and shop. Since all that's covered, we will now show you our dinosaurs. Jesus, he just did three and a half hours of like facilities. (laughs) It's horrible. This is where we throw things away. (laughs) Let's watch. Now we'll see the dinosaurs. She says as the driver continues. First she shows you the pterodactyls living in a very large dome-like home known as the aviary. Dome. Dome-like home. (laughs) Here we have the home of the pterodactyls. The main alpha to this dome is Terra, which is her there on that rock. She says and points to the one pterodactyl setting in. Oh, it's uh, a <laughs> more um, anti-lady dinos. It's a pterodactyl lady dino. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, like a gargoyle kind of. Yeah. Um, it's a little less explicit than the other ones. Yeah. Actually. I would almost say that this isn't even with even like porny. Yeah, it's um it's kind of. I mean it's it's got like suggestive of breasts but no nipples like the other one and um I guess yeah. I guess if I had to pick 
I guess if I had to say, like, that is, like, a suggestive position for a pteranodon to be in. Yeah. But what do I know about suggestive pteranodon positions? True. I don't know anything about pteranodon uh, anatomy, so. Okay. Um. So, is that she? I don't know if that's referring to the pteranodon or to Claire. I think it's to the pteranodon. <laughs> then she noticed you with Claire and flies down toward the cage wall to look at you with a small, lustful smirk on her face. Although she may seem to have a strict case of her anger around people. Have a strict case of anger around people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we try to take things easier. Now we'll continue on, she says, as you both press on. It just keeps saying she, and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bad at uh, tagging the dialogue. Right. I mean, it, it can be difficult for even a seasoned writer to get the dialogue straight. Right. True. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm like reading like a, like a real deal novel and I have to backtrack to really figure out who's who. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to give this guy kudos. For. I mean, uh, he's certainly creating a a world of his own. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone talks like Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your employer suit on and meet me down by the Chinese man. <laughs> okay, so they meet the Mosasaur. Mm-hmm. Um. You both press on. They show you the aquarium. It's the Mosasaur. It's the same exact scene as the beginning scene. Yeah. Except, uh, then she noticed you from the other side of the windows and swims up to look at you. Now you notice that her cheeks were blushing a bit. Ah, uh, Miss Claire, why is Mona here blushing? You asked her as she was confused at first. Wait, Mona's actually blushing? Huh, that's a first. She's never blushed like that before. Except when except for when she's found someone to her liking. Ah. Uh, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. She never blushed blushed like that before. That's a first. Except except that time. So she knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh you both walk away from Mona's tank. And you see a hint of sadness in her eyes. Then she takes you to another part of the island where the men take care of four small female predators, a.k.a. velociraptors. Hmm. Right. At this sector, we keep all four raptors intact, and they are somewhat aggressive and very orderly, formed as a team. She says to you, Do these raptors have names as well? You ask her as she nods. That's Echo, Delta, Charlie, and that one's Blue. She tells and shows you each raptor. It's, yeah, it doesn't, it looks um, like a copy pasted, but it's four. Yeah, just different, uh, like anime heads on raptor bodies with boobs. Yeah, the raptors all have (laughs) boobs and thick thighs. Yeah. How fast can they run, you asked? Approximately 40 miles per hour. 45 when they're hungry, Claire tells you, as one of the raptors came up to the cage wall to look and sniff you. Who did you... 
Who did you say about this one? <laughs> you asked? That's Blue. She's the beta, she says. But then who's the alpha? You ask unknowingly. A man comes downstairs to meet up with Claire. That would be me, fella. <laughs> you, you turn to see him. Hey, kid. Name's Grady. Owen Grady. You're the new guy, right? He asked you. Uh, yeah, I'm David. Claire was giving me a tour of the island. So you take care of these raptors here, you asked him. That's right, he said. Well, we love to stay in chat, but I have a tour to give them. Good day, Mr. Grady. Owen, in bold, he said. Right, Owen, she says, as you both head to the van and press on. There's a little hint of the romance between Owen and, mm. and Claire. Oh, that's what I that's thought what. it was foreshadowing for... No one and David. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> mm. As the van drove on, you spotted something on the map in the iPad tablet. Hey, Miss Claire, what's this big area that says restricted? You guys got something going on? You asked her. That area is highly restricted, and we prefer to keep it that way. <laughs> but since you asked, I might as well show you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> She says as she orders the driver to head towards the restricted area. <laughs> That's all it takes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like That's how you keep things restricted. Just yeah. If someone mentions it, go there immediately. <laughs> yeah, let me show you. <laughs> hey, government, what's Area Fifty One? Is that where you keep all the aliens? No, let me show you. <laughs> it's where we keep the aliens. Uh, later, the van stops to a thirty-foot wall-like cage with a surveillance room to inspect and check in on their latest dinosaur. What exactly are you guys keeping in there, you asked? Due to our research and technology, we developed a new type of breed for a new dinosaur, she says as you both proceeded inside the room. So you guys just went along and made a new dinosaur? I mean, what's that thing made of, you asked her. This guy's, like, all about how Jurassic Park works now. <laughs> Getting the latest tour and stuff. This is an unqualified guy in the wanted ads, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even ask for a resume or anything. He just showed up and, yeah. and go, oh, okay. Yeah, he was the first one to get the one-man hotel room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's the thing made of? We did since people from the mainland wanted to be inspired thrilled. <laughs> so we create and build a new dinosaur, the Indominus Rex. She says while bringing up a screen presenting a photo of the Indominus Rex. That's the Indominus Rex? You ask? She nods. Mm. And what she's made of, she is mostly T-Rex. And the rest is classified, nothing more. She says, as you notice a white dinosaur hiding behind the trees that stares directly at you. Mm. How would you describe this one? Um, I've got a picture. It's definitely white. Well, it's... uh. Kind of like an iguana head with like some dominatrix gear, like leather leggings and uh, big old dino titties. <laughs> <laughs> and these are definitely the most detailed ones so far. Yeah. It's like he was saving the Indominus Rex uh, titties. Yeah. He was really proud of this clip art. <laughs> okay, anyway. Whoa, it's white. You didn't tell me it was white, David says to her. Well, she was designed to be white, she says, as the Indominus Rex comes out from the trees and walks up to the windows to look at you and Claire. 
Oh, you go on with this next part. Then you notice the blushes from the Indominus Rex's cheeks and the lustful look in its eyes. Okay, I hate to tell you this, but I think this one is looking at me with heart-shaped pupils. <laughs> you say to her as she pulls you away from the window and back outside to the van. Well, that's the least of your problems. So I'm asking you to stay out of the restricted area and you'll be fine. She orders you to follow, and you did. Then later, you and Claire came back to the main park and stopped at the final attraction on the tour. The lair of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Alas, Demon Man never got to complete mm. his magnum opus. Female Jurassic World Dinos X Human Male Exclamation Point Reader 18 and up. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> all that work to set everything up, he's got like, uh, Various dinosaurs all lusting after him, and I want to know what this guy looks like. Right? Is it David? Really? Yeah. <laughs> is he like a? Is he a lizard person? I, I, I mean, he might be a lizard He's person. Illuminati. That's how he got the the interview so easily. Right. I mean, in the Jurassic World mythos, now mm-hmm. they're they're playing with like the idea of using like the cloning technology with humans. Like, yeah. so he could be some sort of cloned human with D- dino DNA in him. Mm-hmm. Which would make him, uh, at the very least, part dinosaur. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're all lusting after him. Could be. Because it seems like every single dinosaur in this park wants to do David. Yeah. Like, they don't, they want to eat him. They want to make sweet, sweet, (laughs) sweet love to him. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Just like, just, just David. They want some of that sneaky D. They need that sneaky D. After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. <laughs> that's our... That's 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 what people have been waiting for all this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're stuck in their homes with no proper entertainment, so... Right? <laughs> this, this is what you get. <laughs> this is what society looks like. <laughs> and it's collapse. <laughs> You know, so at the very least, you get it's it's definitely a good time um, to calm down, shut yourself in, get headphones, and subscribe to our Patreon for sure. What else are you going to spend that money on? You can't buy toilet paper anymore. Right? All basic necessities are off the shelf. But you can always put that money towards a good cause, otherwise known as Skycast. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your money. We are we all need the money. Ian needs money. Mm-hmm. Skycast needs money. We're all dying here in our quarantine. <laughs> That's SOS. I heard there was some uh, sweet stickers going out to people who've already subscribed to the Patreon. There are sweet stickers going out to the people on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. Vag Dragon stickers. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if you'll be able to use them. Well, I mean, it's almost works for this episode also. Right. That's true. Oh, my gosh.
There seems to- is that a theme now? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. <laughs> it's not what we want to be associated with, but exactly. Alas. So just go to the scottcast.com, listen to some episodes, enjoy your quarantine. That's right. And subscribe to Patreon if this is this kind of thing that keeps you going. We don't actually need money, but we do. Yeah. Actually, everyone does. But we do more. Yes. So we're more worth it. I mean, we just read to you two stories that you never knew existed. You got the full experience. And we burst open the Jurassic Park mythos to a place you never knew could go. Mm -hmm. We're fulfilling an oath from hundreds of episodes ago. Or like nearly 100, yeah. That's almost 100. It was early on. Yeah. That's how we be. So that said, what did we learn today? Um, wait, wait, before we answer that. Okay. We have to go to a place of reflection for the, mm-hmm. what did we learn today area? Uh, we can go to a forest river, uh, an electrical damaged place, place with electrical damaging. Okay. Um, a, a city with crickets by the ocean. Um, I like the pirate ship. What do you think? What's the electrical damage one? I mean, that doesn't sound very peaceful for... It's just the sound of some electrical damage in the background. That sounds like if some dinosaurs escaped and we're trying to bone you. Yeah, That's what the sound would be, so... Okay, so we're here hiding in the electrical shed from the dinosaurs who are uh, all hopped up on Viagra's and and, uh, assorted... Looking for Sneaky D. Looking for Sneaky D. They know, we know where he is. His scent is on us. So, we're just hiding out here. Asking ourselves, what did we learn today? Um. Jesus. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. I think that's as good a lesson as any. That's about what we've learned today. (laughs) Okay. So, from the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcasts, I bid thee adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. Long hail, Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Yes. People said we wouldn't broadcast through the apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, who's going to stop us? Exactly. (laughs) All right.